Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Research has shown that you're four times more likely to stop smoking if you use support and medication. I think another important thing, and COVID has probably taught us this, is trying to get some kind of a routine in place around mealtimes and snacks at home. Um, One of the biggest things we find with smokers is the fear of failure um, and then the feeling of loss as well. Some days you may have good days or some days not so good days in terms of your food and your food choice and not to be too hard on yourself. If, if somebody smokes around 20 cigarettes a day um, for a year, they will, they will save about £3,360. Hi everyone and thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. This is your host Elaine Ingram and you've just been listening to the voices of Valerie Goff and Colette O'Brien from the Southern Health and Social Care Trust. While it's been a terrible year um, with some of us affected more than others by Covid, um, it's been tough for everyone but Colette and Valerie are here to help with some of the issues that have been affecting a lot of people. If you want to stop smoking or have put on a bit of weight or are finding it hard to make the budget stretch and feeding a family with a lot of people out of work at the moment or students home eating us all out of house and home and listen up because they're here to help with lots of tips and advice so today i'm joined by valerie goff and colette o'brien from the southern health and social care trust and i suppose i'll let you go you guys introduce yourselves and tell us um what your what your um specialities are valerie if you want to start maybe yes i am um, my role would be health promotion officer with um stop smoking specialist as well and colette I'm a registered dietitian and I work with the Cookit team in um, promoting wellbeing based in St Luke's in Armagh. So um, it's been a long year and it's hard to believe that it's actually been a year now. There is some light at the end of the tunnel now. We seem to be coming out of this, but um, this year has had a huge effect on everybody in many, many ways. Um, so I suppose um, maybe, Colette, you could tell us in your area, um, people seem to be um, gaining weight during COVID and having, you know, trouble with that. Yeah, I mean, we know the reality that um, COVID has impacted on people's lives in lots of different ways, and that includes their eating habits. Um, so the, the truth is people are trying their best, but the reality is, I suppose, um, many people have less income. So less money in their pocket um, on a day-to-day basis in terms of buying food, making meals and, and feeding hungry families. So that's an issue in terms of how they manage within a tight budget. And then the other issue that we're aware of is that for some people, um, weight gain may be a problem. Yeah. And yeah, you're talking about um, a tight budget. I mean, not only are we feeding our, our families like all students and everything are home and I, I know myself I can't keep my fridge full it's just it's just unbelievable the amount of food but does that lead to people making unhealthy choices 
you know, when they're shopping? I think it creates stress and pressure. Um, and that in itself can have a direct impact on, you know, our behavior around eating food. So I, I suppose in, in terms of thinking about if we have got extra bodies at home and extra mouths to feed, we do want to think a little bit about how we can get best nutritional value for money. And we would say we have a couple of key areas maybe to think about. Um, the first one is shopping smart. So if you're at home and you've got extra mouths to feed, it means, you know, sitting down and actually planning what meals you're going to cook for the week, writing a shopping list, getting your teenagers or young people involved with that. Um, so that's always a good starting point. The second thing we would say before you even get the length of a shop, you know, have a good look at what's already in your cupboards. Uh, open the cupboard and see, you know, what's already there. Have a look in your freezer and your fridge to see what's already there. I know that's something I have to work on. You know, I, I'm always forgetting that I already have maybe two or three tins of baked beans in the cupboard, yeah. you know, so it's a good reminder for me when I do a quick visual check. Sometimes people take a photograph of what's in their cupboard and then when they get to the supermarket, they can do a quick look at that as well. So I think that can be useful. When you get to the length of this, the supermarket, you know, it's about being smart and uh, using more of our uh, supermarket cheaper brands rather than the more expensive ones. So the supermarket owned brands can be a really good savings. For example, um, if you're somebody that maybe buys tin tomatoes, so you might use tin tomatoes in your spaghetti bolognese or your chili or your stew. You know, tin tomatoes as a budget owned brand can cost about 20p yeah. versus if you're buying the more expensive one at a pound. And if you're buying two tins a week, that's actually a savings of about 50 pounds a year. So it's being aware that the supermarket owned brands are often just as nutritious as the more expensive ones. And straight away, you know, you're going to be feeling the benefits in terms of saving that bit of extra cash in your pocket. Um, something else we would suggest when you're in the supermarket, especially when you're buying your fruit and veg, you know, it doesn't have to be fresh, uh, you know, or frozen or canned or juiced or dried is just as nutritious. And they can be versatile in terms of, you know, how you incorporate those as, as part of your meals. I suppose there are just some tips in terms of shopping. So, I mean, when you get in the door in terms of, of thinking about cooking, um, there is reports to suggest, I mean, one of the very positive things about COVID is that families appear to actually be cooking more and cooking from scratch. So that's really good news. It can be, though, quite uh, stressful and, I suppose, onerous if it's the one person doing this, you know, the cooking all the time. So what we would say is... And the cleaning. The <laughs> and the cleaning and the tidying up and all of that. So, you know, practically share the load. You know, there's no reason why if you've got young people at home, teenagers, why they can't get involved with um, cooking and meal preparation. Even younger children, you know, they can help set the table. They can help put your groceries away when you come in the door. So it's about getting people involved. And one of our best tips and, you know, parents would say this to us in terms of trying to make things more manageable is cooking once and eating twice. So that's something that we would really encourage. So. If you're making something like chili or spaghetti bolognese or soup or whatever it is that you're trying to do more batch cooking. And you can freeze but, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you can freeze stuff. You can cook maybe a larger quantity. So let's say you bought your mince and you maybe want to be smart and bulk that out. So you might want to add in some extra uh, veggies, putting in some extra pulses. 
Um, and that means you're going to have that meal that will serve not just one day, but you can call on that some other day. So maybe some other day when you're feeling really tired and you don't have the energy to cook. If you know you've got that extra portion in the fridge or the freezer, then at least you can go ahead you know, and call on that. Um, and a couple of other tips that we would have heard people or parents telling us is, you know, the leftovers. So encouraging people to make good use out of, out of their leftovers. Um, so, for example, you might have some veg in the bottom of your fridge that's maybe starting to get a bit wilted or indeed you could use, you know, your frozen veg. So you can put that in a saucepan, maybe add a, a low salt stock cube and a couple of tins of tin tomato. And straight away, you can turn that into a nourishing soup. Uh, yeah. you know, which can be quick and handy at lunchtime or uh, or at evening time. Yeah. And because you're shopping um, now, because we're not shopping as much, we tend to, you know, because we're trying to avoid being out in public and everything else. And we're being advised to just like do one big shop a week, which a lot of times people would just be going, you still end up going to the shop to get milk and bread probably. But um, instead of going to the shop and getting bits and pieces, you're doing it all in one go. So it's easier, you know, to make a list and yeah as you said, know what you need and, and have your bring, get your stuff in for the week. Yeah, I think another important thing, and COVID has probably taught us this, is trying to get some kind of a routine in place around mealtimes and snacks at home, because having more of a routine can kind of provide, help us provide structure to the day and also to structure our eating habits. So, you know, if you're at home working from home or you've been doing homeschooling at home with the kids, um, you know, actually having a breakfast, a midday yeah. meal and an evening meal rather than uh, going hungry for long periods and then you end up grazing or snacking on foods that you probably hadn't planned to. So having that structure um, and having those regular meals is, is another really important tip as well. Yeah. And um, Valerie, your focus is on um, smoking cessation. Mm-hmm. which um, I would imagine is something that's been very, very difficult, you know, over this year with the stresses that are involved and, and everything else. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how people should go about this if they're just, if they really want to give it up? Yes, absolutely. It has been a very difficult time for, for everyone um, and certainly for, for smokers that, you know, maybe want to stop or those who have stopped, you know, may have relapsed again as well, just with the stress of everything. Um, you know, for, for smokers, you know, there is that higher risk factor, um, certainly with the, the whole hand-to-mouth um, action of actually smoking as well. So your hands are closer to your mouth and there's a high risk then of transmission of the COVID-19 yeah. virus. That's something I would never have really thought of, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously because smoking as well, you know, lowers the immunity system, and also, um, you know, smoking damages the lungs, then there's a higher risk of, you know, more serious illness as well with um, the COVID-19 because it is a respiratory condition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And who are the smoking team in the trust and, and what exactly is it that, that you do? Yeah, the stop smoking team, um, there's a number of us throughout the trust area. Um, we work in different areas within the trust. There's some based within the hospital within the mental health setting. There's midwives who are trained in, in stop smoking. Um, and then there's a community-based team as well. So we're, we're there for, for everyone, wherever they are. Yeah, and have you found that there's been a, an, an uptake in, in the using your services or the need for your services over the past year? 
Yes, certainly people are definitely more interested in stopping smoking. You know, I think there is that fear factor because of uh, COVID that they really do want to stop. And there's that fear um, of maybe how the smoking will affect um, if they did catch COVID. Do you, you think that you're trying to um, support is better than using medication to stop? The, the, the combination of both is, is ideal. Um, research has shown that you're four times more likely to stop smoking if you use support and medication. Um, and simply because of the support, we will go through a number of things to help you stop. Do you have specific programs in place? Yes, we would have. Um, once once we meet somebody for the first time, we will go through sort of their daily routine of their smoking, their, their habit, um, you know, why they smoke, why they want to stop smoking. And we'd look at that there in quite a bit of detail because that's the whole psychological side of smoking. Um, then we'd look at the addiction and then sort of work out what medication would be the most suitable for them. And um, can does, some, does somebody have to be referred to you or can they just, um, you know, get in touch with you directly or what way does it work? Um, it can work a number of ways. You can be referred through your GP, through your practice nurse. Um, any health professional can refer or you can family or friend or somebody who you care for um, can refer you or you can refer yourself to use a service like yours it would just be if you just you know really heavy smokers anybody who smokes doesn't matter if you're heavy smoker or you smoke one or two a day it can be as difficult for for anyone to stop and really all we would ask is if somebody comes to service that they are interested in stopping smoking whether it's for whatever reason health reasons or family reasons um we'd help support them through that and do they have to stop immediately when they join your program or um, is it a gradual thing? No, it's a gradual thing and we will work with the person that we see. Um, we will work through a quit plan. We will look at their triggers for, for smoking. We look at um, what, you know, distractions to help them um, stop. We'll look at dealing with cravings. Um, one of the biggest things we find with smokers is the fear of failure. Um, and then the feeling of loss as well. So we'll work through those sort of things with them. Um, we'll also help them with coping strategies um, to help them cope with um, the cravings that they might have. We'll certainly um, be encouraging them to take up physical activity, which is a great uh, distraction for smoking and helps to release chemicals within the brain that takes away the, um, the, the addiction of nicotine. But it's also, it must be very difficult at the moment because we're also confined. I mean, you know, it's hard enough as it is, but you've you've less distractions, you know. In some ways, it's probably good because a lot of people might associate, you know, going out for a drink, going to the pub, and they'd associate that with smoking. So they might, you know, have a cigarette with a pint or, you know, the drink or whatever. But um, so that would be a good thing because you don't have that. But there's also the, you're sitting in front of the TV night after night and there isn't, there's, you know, it's so easy to just reach for a cigarette. It must be more difficult at the moment when people have a lot of time in their hands. Absolutely. It's like Colette was saying earlier on there. Um, there's good points and bad points to it. You know, the good point is that they don't have that social element at the minute. Um, but then there's the other side that people are bored and they need something to do yeah. and they probably smoke more with the whole stress situation as well. Yeah, because the more stressed you are, the more likely you are to, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to it's kind of a... You know, a chicken and an egg situation, you know, you want to give up, but you end up being more stressed. So um, and everything is just making us stressed in general at the moment. But yeah. Colette, you were to, we were talking there about the um, 
yeah, weight gain when you when you give up smoking now. Yeah. Have you any um, advice there, Claire? Yeah, I mean, we do know that some people, not all, but some people do gain weight after giving up smoking. That's probably for, you know, a number of reasons. We know that um, if you're smoking, uh, smoking itself can slightly increase the rate at which your body burns up your food. And then when you stop, this returns to normal, which really means that you need less food um, to maintain the same weight. Um, we know that smoking can decrease your appetite. Many people often comment when they stop smoking that they, you know, that their their taste improves. And it's that habit, as Valerie said, and um, you know, that hand-to-mouth action of the cigarette is a habit. And if you take away the cigarette, then sometimes people replace that with food or the snacking on food. So all of those factors really can contribute to, you know, somebody gaining weight. And um you know, so it's it's important for people to be aware of, you know, trying to take back some control and, and how by making small changes that they can start to um, prevent that happening or um, maintain their weight and then start to lose it again. So one of our first things we would say is, you know, actually encouraging somebody to be aware of what they're eating. Um, so it may help, for example, for somebody to keep a food diary to help them identify times maybe they're actually eating more or snacking as a replacement for cigarettes and um, so they can help them see the danger time so you know the food diary is a useful I think strategy other things again are going back to trying to have um, a regular meal pattern you know so having a breakfast having a lunch having an evening meal and if you are going to snack in between um, then thinking about, you know, trying to have less of the higher fat, high sugar choices in the house. So when you're doing your shopping, you're not buying as many of those and that you have um, alternative healthier choices at home. So things like maybe your fruit chopped up, um, your low fat yogurt, chopping up some uh, raw veggies. So whether it's your baby tomatoes, your celery, your carrots, the fruit and veg is really useful because we know that while somebody's smoking, it can actually deplete their vitamins and replacing those vitamins um, by, you know, eating more of a fruit and veg, you know, that's that's really important as well. Other things to have at home, you know, maybe maybe the plain rice cakes, the plain crisp bread, maybe a low sugar ice lolly, even water, you know, drinking water in a glass of a straw and that sucking action um, of the water, you know, that can be a, a useful tip as well. Um, and as Valerie said, then the other key thing, which is just as important as the messages around food is actually being more physically active um, and trying to think about um, how you can fit that in as part of your day to day life. So, you know, all activity, we would say counts. So if you're able to go for your 10, 15 minute walk, great. But remember the other activity that you do at home, whether it's uh, washing your kitchen floor, uh, hanging out the washing, you know, the tip of if you're sitting down to watch TV in the evening time and the ad break comes on during the soaps, um, use that as a signal that you need to get up and walk up and down the stairs four or five times. Or when you're out and about doing your shopping, that you're maybe parking your car a little bit further in the car park so that you're walking a wee bit more and then you're carrying those heavier shopping bags a, a further distance back to the car. So thinking about how you can incorporate in a simple way, actually moving more and being more active as part of your day to day. And that will help in terms of giving you the opportunity to burn up more of your food and your calories. So, so that's a really important message. 
Um, and I suppose the other thing is just being kind to yourself. You know, if you've if you've already start you've stopped smoking. I mean, what a fantastic achievement! And it is about being aware that you know some days you may have good days or some days not so good days in terms of your food and your food choice, and not to be too hard on yourself and to be kind to yourself. And you know, any change that you make is going to be a step in the right direction. Yeah, and you know, um, Valerie, speaking about. Um you know, habit forming, you know, habit forming of, of eating three regular meals. Smoking is very much a habit. You'd have a, certainly, when I used to smoke, I'd have certain times of the day at certain places I'd be that I'd have a cigarette. So it is about like, yeah, using something to replace a cigarette with some other routine instead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, talk to anybody who, who smokes and there is a routine there. Um, and quite often it is just changing that routine around a little bit. Um, morning time, for example, if you normally get up out of bed, go and have a cup of coffee and a cigarette, I would recommend maybe go and take you know, a, a shower, the shower first, get ready for the day and then go and take their breakfast. And just simply changing that routine around the morning time can be enough just to get rid of that morning cigarette, which is probably one of the more difficult ones. Yeah. And having your kids, I suppose, if people are, you know, having their families at home as well, that's probably helpful too, because, you know, a lot of times if you have younger kids, you know, they would want, they would be encouraging their parents to to stop smoking anyway. So having them there, you know, is probably helpful as well. Yes, absolutely. And it, it's probably changed the routine around a bit as well with not having to get them out to school. Um, but then they might have more time to go out and get that wee extra cigarette outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, um, yeah, there's ups and downs to it all. But, um, you know, definitely the, the key thing is at the minute um, is to, to try and stop smoking, you know, for your health, for your family. Um, and there's so many benefits to stopping and those benefits you know, start immediately, you know, both for your health and financially. Um and just talking financially, if, if somebody smokes around almost 20 cigarettes a day um, for a year, they will, they will save about £3,360. That's um, a lot of money. It is. And that's just based on a pack of cigarettes being, you know, £10. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of them are more than that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane the amount of costs, um, you know, how much it costs for a pack of cigarettes these days. It really is a lot of money. So that's yeah. definitely one thing. I mean, you could go on a, when we're allowed to go on a holiday again, <laughs> you could definitely go on a nice holiday for those savings. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Health benefits start immediately. You know, as soon as you stop smoking, you know, your blood pressure and your pulse are returned to normal. And the nicotine levels drop down um, after three, four days. That's then out of, out of your system. Your breathing improves after a number of days. So very, very quickly, those improvements kick in. And that continues then over the years as well. There's, I, uh, they say there's like a, a, a three months. If you can get past three months, you're more likely to stay off them. Do you find that true? I don't know why the three month thing is. Maybe it takes three months to break a habit properly. Is is there any truth in that? It is. You know, it's breaking the habit. It's changing the routine. Um, your nicotine replacement therapies and all the other medication that people would be on is generally around three months as well. Um, the receptors in the brain that um, you know, seek the nicotine, you know, they start to close over as well. So there's a number of things going on there for, for three months. So if you can get that far, um, you definitely have a good chance of stopping smoking. And what about things like vaping now? Um, there's a new thing I've been reading about called nicotine pouches. I don't know if you've heard of them. 
which seems to be promoted a lot by influencers and things that, and, and people like that. Now, I don't think it's really reached here at the moment, but there seem to be fads that come in, you know, like vaping. Um, do you think these are helpful? I mean, you see um, some young people who actually started vaping, uh, not to give up, like the intention is to, to vape when you're trying to give up smoking, but a lot of a lot of young people seem to start vaping just as something to do rather than, as a, as a tool to give up smoking? Yes, absolutely. Um, that seems to be the case at the minute. Um, at the moment, we only recommend the um, NHS-approved products, which be which would be the nicotine replacement therapy and the Champax and Zyban tablets. Um, e-cigarettes or vaping is not something we would recommend. Simply, it hasn't been enough research done around it and evidence base to prove that um, that does help you to stop smoking. Yeah. And Colette, um, um, we were talking about weight gain and um, and everything else, but there's is there also um, some maybe younger people with the stress of everything that have weight loss? And, you know, do you find that there's people presenting with, you know, issues, issues like that? Um, we do know... Um, like eating disorders or yeah, things like that? There is some... Uh, recent reports to suggest that for young people eating disorders are, are on the increase. Um, that's not a clinical area of my expertise, but I mean, there is help and support available and uh, within the trusts in Northern Ireland that would um, come in under the CAM service. Uh, so if, you know, the, the best route would be for somebody to uh, go via their GP and get a referral through the service where they would be offered um, expertise and, and support. And do you find now that, um, you know, during COVID, when are, are people more reluctant? I mean, how are you operating within the system now when people can't really come to the practice as much? How, is it, how, how does the, your system operate now? Well, um, we're slightly different in that as Cookit dietitians, we're not um, seeing one-to-one patients as such. Our service is more about um, working with local communities to identify key people to train up to be able to deliver our community nutrition education programs. So their programs like, for example, Cook It and Food Values, which the focus of which is really how to eat well within a very tight budget. So we would train people up and they become what we call facilitators. And then we support them to take back, for example, a six-week program to their own community and deliver that. So pre-COVID, that would have all happened face-to-face. And you would have had a group yeah. of people in a, in a kitchen in a, or in a community centre around a, the cooker, learning how to cook healthy, low-cost meals and sitting down and eating that together. Um, so what has happened uh, during COVID is we have trained our facilitators how to do that virtually. And many of our facilitators are running um, a virtual cooked or food values program online and somebody in their comfort of their own kitchen will be joining in and uh, learning, uh, you know, via via their, their laptop in, in essence. Yeah. So that's that's how we have changed. And do you have a, a, a big uptake? Are there a lot of people seeing? Is there a big interest in it in the yeah, communities? Yeah, our interest is growing. I think initially there was maybe a bit of a fear factor. Uh, you know, how would we do this and how would this work online? And um, so our first step really was to train our facilitators uh, and give them the confidence to be able to adapt and deliver the program virtually. And we're now seeing really, I suppose, from December, Christmas time that um, uh, 
communities are now asking for the programs and our facilitators are, are able to to meet that need and is it the same with you valerie are you um do, do you are you doing this everything virtually at the moment yes um all our clinics used to be pre-covid uh face-to-face uh, now they are via telephone or video link whatever the person prefers um and we are finding that it suits a lot of people um, especially those who are working, that it suits time-wise that they can just pop in lunchtime or um, after work, that we can just have a call on whatever day suits them. Yeah. So do either of you or do both of you think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel now? Are we going to be getting back to normal soon and um, people will come out of this healthier? Yeah, I mean, hopefully that will be the case. Um, definitely there is light at the end of the tunnel and it has been difficult for people. You know, people really have been challenged, but there's always hope and, as, and you know, we're moving in the right direction and I think we maybe be kinder people at the end of it, you know, yeah. and that's going to be good news for everybody. Yeah. And definitely, I think, um, you know, at the start of it, I think people were, you know, learning languages and all sorts of stuff. But, um, you know, I think people got weary as, the, as time went on. But definitely I see from anybody that I know that people are, you know, learning to cook more at home and learning more about nutrition. So that is definitely one benefit that um, I think most people would agree that has come out yeah. of this. Yeah, it's a real positive. You know, that's 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 good news. Yeah, we like a good news story. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think people have become more aware of their surroundings as well, you know, and, and what's going on within their own home a bit more as well, which has been a positive um, and nature yeah we've we, we've definitely had a time to it's been a time to look more inwardly instead of you know being stuck in the rat race and, and probably appreciating more you know the simple things the simple things that we we you know that we t- took for granted before all of this so yes, um, absolutely. so um colette i suppose there one thing that we've all been doing quite a bit of is um comfort eating and maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about that with us yeah, um, we are aware that comfort eating um, probably has been become a habit for many of us. Um, so, you know, what we would say is if you are craving a food, you know, ask yourself the question, am I hungry or is it comfort eating? Um, and the advice is to wait. So to wait for about 30 minutes before eating. And you may find that it's actually um, emotional comfort that you need. So, you know, rather than um, having food that you really don't need, um, you know, a good self-help tips are, you know, pick up the phone and have a good natter with your friend, um, have a hot bath, um, a chance maybe to go out for a walk, turn on a bit of music and dance in the kitchen with the kids. You know, so thinking of other those other non-food related um, strategies, which can certainly help. And some people also find that it may be a benefit to keep a food diary. So a food diary can help in terms of looking at what it is you're eating and are you eating it at times maybe where your mood is low or you're feeling very stressed and is um and don't go to the or, supermarket when you're hungry is that yeah, that's, that's that's another <laughs> I've one i've heard that yeah. one before yeah yeah, uh-huh, yeah um and i suppose also thinking about well, what actually is on my plate so thinking a bit about you know what food's on my plate and being mindful of your portion size could so you use a smaller plate as well yeah, that can work for some people, a smaller plate or thinking about. So if you have your plate really in terms of trying to maintain and keep a healthy body weight, about half of your plate needs to be taken up with your fruit and veg. 
So that leaves a quarter then for your lean meat, your fish, your chicken, and then another quarter for your starchy carbohydrates, so your energy foods, like your bread, your potatoes, your rice, pasta. So thinking actually about the balance of food on the plate, because we know that, you know, bulking up and more of our fruit and veg, it's benefits there in terms of the nutrients that you're getting, but they're also low in fat and indeed they're high in fiber and including more of our higher fiber foods means that that's going to fill us up. So that's another good tip as well. Um, the other thing to, to maybe um, emphasize is about hydration. So sometimes we think we're hungry when in fact we're not hungry, we're actually thirsty. So if we're thirsty over the day, you know, it's a sign that we're probably already dehydrated. And many of us, you know, when we're at home, working from home, looking after the kids, homeschooling, we actually forget to drink. And then we wonder why come the middle of the afternoon, we've got a sore head, we're irritable, we're tired. And it's because we haven't taken on board enough fluids. So keeping rehydrated or sorry, keeping hydrated is really important. So that can be a variety of fluids. So trying to get your six to eight glasses, whether that's your tea or coffee, preferably without sugar or your water, or maybe adding in some no added sugar, dilutable squash into that. And, you know, I find a useful tip is actually keeping a water bottle in front of you. So yeah. fill it from the top, you know, our water's free, fill it from the top and then have that water bottle in front of you. So that visually you're saying it and it's a useful reminder to encourage you, you know, to keep drinking. <laughs> Valerie has one there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do that myself. I usually have a glass, a glass of water, but um, my daughter who's, been obsessed with cleaning keeps on emptying my glass all the time I'm like where's my glass of water gone <laughs> it's around the house but that's just reminded me there about um alcohol that's another thing um anecdotally you hear that people are um maybe drinking a lot more than they used to say at night time sitting down in front of the tv and having a glass of wine um that's another thing that not only is bad for your health but it's also um something that you could quite easily gain weight without even realizing that you're adding those extra calories yeah I mean we need to be mindful of our alcohol because people sometimes forget you know that alcohol is high in calories and then that's likely to be alcohol on top of your food intake for that day and so you know we need to be mindful of that um and you know um if we are drinking I mean our guidance is that men and women over the week should be having no more than 14 units of alcohol and having at least um, a minimum of two alcohol-free days. Um, so it, it is important to be aware that alcohol is high in calories and that will be additional calories on, on top of your food. So that's another factor, especially for somebody who is maybe actively trying to lose weight. Um, it's not just about the food. The food's really important. The physical activity is vitally important, but alcohol is another important um, one to consider as well. Yeah. And Valerie, just I was just thinking there, you were talking or we were talking there about, um, you know, um, stopping for a minute if you want to reach for food. Um, cigarettes are also something that cravings. Um, I know myself when I gave smoking years, it was many, many years ago. Um, you don't realize when you're when you're craving a cigarette, people sometimes don't realize that that craving will actually go away. It's not like, oh, I need a cigarette. And you're going to be thinking about it for the rest of the day. It does yeah. actually go away. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things we would um, discuss, you know, during the um, our assessment and crit plan would be um, how to deal with those cravings because cravings do literally last three to five minutes. Yeah. Um, and just add in a few wee coping strategies and, you know, quite often we would recommend um, sipping on water, for example, or sitting peeling an orange and, and sucking on an orange, something that's a wee bit of taste with as well. 
Um, also, you know, going out for a five minute walk as well. Just something that's going to distract your mind from the from the craving. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, I think people are much more aware of their health in terms of giving up smoking um, because this is a respiratory illness um, or disease. You know, I think you'd probably find that a lot of people are more concerned about trying to quit smoking as well. Absolutely. And and what I, I really would like to emphasise, if, if people come along to us, it is, you know, a one to one, you know, and it's not, you know, other people involved or people can come along as a couple or a family. Um, and it's, you know, it's especially people that are with long term health conditions. It's very, very important that smoking, um, that they can stop smoking with the support and obviously improve their health in some way. So how do they get in touch with you directly? Um, there's a number of options. One would be our uh, central telephone number, and that's 028-37-564400. Or on our email is stop.smoking at southerntrust.hscni.net. Or you could go to the Southern Trust website, and there's a little drop box um, you could just pop in your details and then we'll contact you. And Kalesh, what about um, your area? Is there a way of getting in touch with you? Yeah, so similar to what Valerie has said, you can check us out on the Southern Trust website or you can email. We have a generic Cook It email address. So that's cookit, C-O-O-K-I-T, at southerntrust.hsc.ni.net and one of the team will get back to you. Well, thank you both very much for for joining us. Um, I hope everybody got um, a lot of useful information and um, I'll right. definitely be taking it on board. Okay. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks you. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. I hope that was helpful information. Uh, this is the first of two episodes from the Trust uh, about healthcare. Next time, we'll be talking to Claire Drummy and Deirdre McParland about fitness and mental health, um, particularly over the past year and coming out of this lockdown. So I hope you all join us then. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.